This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 135, Navigating Depression with Dina Wakely. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Well, hello. Hello. This is exciting because Dina Wakely's one of my favorite people. She's awesome. She's so good. And let me just recall a quick little story. So there I was mm-hmm. one day scrolling the Instagram, came across a piece of art that Dina had posted, and it stopped me in my tracks. You know how just some art mm-hmm. just like speaks to you? Yeah, totally. Color palette, technique, whatever was going on, and I was like... <gasps> That has to so be a notebook. Good, yeah. That has to be a notebook, right? Because that, that's me. That's the way I think of things. That's how she do. <laughs> that's how I do. And so I reached out to Dina, of course, like within 24 hours, I had photographed it. I had submitted the art. Like we were mm-hmm. producing this notebook, which of course is now sold out. So some of you will remember that precious notebook that Dina created. That is who Dina is. She's our dear friend, Becky, and I personally know her because she geographically lives close. What is it about our geographic location that like, I don't, I feel like She's, we get to know some really cool people because of where we live. And you guys are going to love getting to know Dina. The title probably feels a little heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us either directly or indirectly associate with depression because of somebody that we know and love and care about struggles with that or we do. I want to bring something up though, is I feel like if that title's like, ooh, that's for me or ooh, that's not for me, like I really challenge you to think about why you think that. Because one of the things is depression, yes, for some people is a lifelong battle. For some people, it goes, it ebbs and flows. For some people, it's very prominent in a period of their life and not Mm -hmm. so much in the others. So rather than thinking about like, oh yes, this applies to me or no, it doesn't apply to me. I'm going to tell you, it applies. Well, it all applies. Listen, some of our favorite reviews and comments and DMs that we get from people are the ones who say, I didn't think such and such episode was going to apply to me. And I just gave it a whirl anyway. And wow, did I feel some of those things reach out to me. And just don't assume Mm -hmm. that depression won't be a part of your life. That's right. Yeah. Don't assume that it will. Don't assume that it won't. Just be open to learning and experiencing. Mm -hmm. And Dina certainly is just so honest and so lovely as a human being. And she is so gracious. And it's so empowering to hear her use her experience, which you'll Mm -hmm. hear all about, to help others like find comfort, to find connection Mm -hmm. in whatever they're going through. And I just want to add one more thing before we move on. And that is a very warm and heartfelt welcome to all of Dina's people who Dina sent to listen to this episode, Mm. who are so excited and so grateful to see and hear this side of Dina's world because they are so loyal to her. They love her fiercely. They admire her art. They learn from her, Mm -hmm. but there's a side of Dina that like, is you don't know Dina until you know all of Dina, right? And and it's remarkable. And she inspires us. This conversation was so thought provoking and so touching. And we're grateful that all of you are here, whether you are our loyal listeners or you are new to us through Dina. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. And on that note, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in progressing as a person and making continual learning a way of life. That is why you're our people. Mm -hmm. Aside from these weekly episodes, we want to be sure that you know about one of the best resources in your personal quest to cultivate a good life that will guide you in actually literally being the author of your own story. 
The BH Classroom has been a valuable resource for thousands of students around the world for several years, and now these courses have become even more accessible to even more people, including you. Our courses are now offered in much smaller, much more palatable mini courses, which also means much more affordable prices. The feedback we're getting on this shift has been remarkable and quite exciting. It's one thing to enjoy the content. It's another to take action. And that's what we're hearing on repeat right now. We're hearing about the epiphanies and the action taken and the success stories. We invite you to have experiences like this. Start today. Start with Documenting 101, which is just 45 minutes shorter than an episode of your favorite Netflix series. And you too will feel personally empowered in your own documenting. Whether you're seasoned or just getting started, you can trust us to guide you along. Learn more at classroom.beckyhiggins.com. Well, hello, Dina Weekly. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. We're so really, exciting. We're getting really our friend up. Dina on the show. Yay. She's a Hooray. personal friend. Let me give you just one little anecdote before we ask you to introduce yourself, because I'm the only one in this room that can claim this. You are my favorite, favorite <laughs> Sunday school teacher of all time. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so we... Just to be clear, I've never had the opportunity no, to I sit know, in there because I, I was that. teaching the children. <laughs> But I'm confident, Dina, that you would be my favorite as well. No, she is. It's It's nice when you have low standards, Becky. Whatever. No, I really mean it. I know you know that I mean it. I do. You're you're being modest and you don't want to accept the compliment. It's fine. But we have... Self-deprecating always. It's a curse. Right? I know. You stop that right now. I'm going to put you in your place and tell you that truly, like, you know, there's just certain people that you either listen to or read their books or, you know, sit in their classes or whatever, and they just speak to your soul. Yes. Yes. That's Dina with the Sunday school lessons, the gospel lessons. Well done, right. Dina. And I mean that. You know I mean yeah, that. I do. So much. Anyway, so we're really honored that we can take um, a genuine, organic, and real-life friendship and bring it here mm-hmm. to the podcast because there's so much to Dina that we want you guys to know about and to feel and to feel impacted by um, can I just offer something? Share. Yeah. I think it's really special when you meet people such as Dina Wakeley and Becky Higgins and you have literally no clue who they are. And then through <laughs> your friendship, you're like, oh, wait, you have this whole other thing, this whole other life I had no idea about. You are, you knew they were talented, but then you're like, no, really, wowzers. Well, it's like Shrek says, an onion. That's right. <laughs> you guys Lots are the best layers. and stinkiest onions I've ever met. <laughs> Thank you so much so my fellow stinky onion yes you're supposed to call me a stinky onion you didn't know that i had a speaking career prior to the podcast that's correct we knew nothing about call me an onion rebecca Um, can we name this episode that yes name the episode the stinky onion like why not i'm down for it at the time of recording this we don't know what it's going to call so if you do see the stinky onion as like after the colon of the title you're welcome the stinkiest onions. <laughs> uh, yeah i like that okay now we really can dive in let's go there so dina who are you for those of our listeners who've never heard of you and many of them will have because i we know that mm-hmm. your people will also be listening but for those of of our listeners who have not been familiar with your work or who you are as a person who are you how do you sum that up well, I'm glad this is going to be a 12-hour podcast. I know, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, have you written the book yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a hard time talking about myself in that way, I'll be honest. But yeah. I, t- I teach art anyone can do. 
And that's, you know, people will say, what kind of art do you make? And I always say bad art. <laughs> you know, art, art, I always say I'm the gateway drug <laughs> to fine <laughs> art. That's, actually, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because when you start with art journaling, I teach a lot of visual journaling, which is keeping a journal with art and words. So it, it it's not wrong. It's never wrong. Mm-hmm. It might be but ugly, mm-hmm. but it's not wrong. I don't think and, art is well, ugly. Well, I don't either, but... You know, people come in with these preconceived expectations, mm-hmm. and I encounter all the time in class where people think it should look a certain way. It doesn't have to look like anything. And mm-hmm. so I'm more of a process-oriented mm. person than the end project technique I love that. Person. Well, it makes sense that there would be some amount of, like, angst and ugly as there is in any journal, right? Like that's Absolutely. An, it's an honest expression, a, an honest documenting expression. Mm-hmm. And those are, I mean, for me... The very mm-hmm. best kind, right? Right. And a lot of the, one of the great things about social media is we can all share and there's a really wonderful mixed media online community. But then the dark side of that is comparison, Yeah, you know, and then, yeah. you know, you compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end or, you know, I'm not done cooking. I hope I'm never done. Mm-hmm. And right. so I, you know, I, I'm going to always do what I do bottom line. So I, I teach art, teach art. And then I have the product line from Ranger which is fun. And and where can people buy that? You can get it. So Michael's and Hobby Lobby had a little tiny bit, but then they're, um, as Becky knows, yeah, I know. they're, I know they're, um, their buyer went different directions. Yeah. And so it's yeah. mostly independent, mm. which is, which is nice. I'm a big supporter of independence yeah, anyway. Independent stores too. So yeah. definitely ask for it. If, in, you know, they're, they're, they're far, few and far between, and then they're not surviving COVID either. So yeah. the mm-hmm. more business you can give, independence in any industry, the better. Right. Um, so well, and speaking yeah. of COVID, uh, because a big part of your work is the teaching, your teaching has shifted fundamentally, um, in terms of the logistics of that, because pre COVID, what did that look like for you? Well, I mean, I, I flew all the time. I was last year was a hundred and or 2019 was 160,000 miles, not including Palau and truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, went wow. there, I went there to dive and a few other diving trips. So, mm-hmm. and I think I did seven countries in two, eight countries in 2019 and 132 plane landings. And I mean, it was, it's just, Incre- it was wow. crazy. crazy. Well, now I've moved everything to Facebook live. That's right. And so the overhead is a lot lower. So, I mean, <laughs> a, a three, a, substantially. Yeah, a three <laughs> yeah. hour class in person with me starts at $85 because per, per, per person per class, because I have to pay for my flight and mm-hmm. I provide every product that you're putting your hands on, except mm-hmm. for a pair of scissors. And, you know, there's just a lot of overhead that goes on there. Well, now I don't have that. So, right. You know, my classes are 20 bucks. The world is changing and it's not such a bad thing no. in all these ways. And, you know? and we've been talking in a lot of different industries as well. Obviously with my business, totally online now, beach classroom with the, mm-hmm. the teaching. Like I wonder if we're ever going to go back and I would venture to say no. Like I think mm. we're seeing a shift. You know, we, we view the world like, oh, when is everything going back to normal? But think about 9-11. Like something's fundamentally changed about our lives. And I kind of think this move to digital e-commerce is like kind of an exciting move because now you don't have to get on a plane, right? You right. don't have to go through all of that and you can do it from your home. Right. And travel is a good thing. We all uh, we all very much value and appreciate Love the travel some experiences travel. Mm-hmm. for sure. But and we're not yet, dependent upon it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, traveling for work is not the same as fun travel. That's true. You know, people will say, oh, how great you get to go here. I'm like, yeah, but I see the airport and the yep. hotel by myself. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, class is the easy part. Class is a, 
cinch it's fun you get to be with your people and mm-hmm. you know that goes by in a flash and then you have to pack it up and then you have to ship it and so yeah, yeah. a lot of behind the scenes logistics to that and yeah. it can it can take the it can zap out a little bit of the fun it does you, you did mention speaking of travel you mentioned diving and i'm sure people would love to know yes. what, what do you mean by diving so if you don't follow me <laughs> you guys you, will now once you get yes. me started talking about scuba diving i will never stop so listen <laughs> i'm an over the hill chubby uh, woman, you know, suburban mother, <laughs> but I With am the most fantastic color I, hair you've ever seen in your blue life. Blue hair, ocean hair. Um, I'm totally obsessed with scuba diving and I never thought I would be a diver. So cool. And I'm now an instructor. I passed my instructor exam on my birthday Yay. in 2020. Yeah. I had to take my exam on the on my birthday. Fantastic. But it, I love it because I, there's something special about diving that, listen, if you're not in the moment when you dive, you could die. You oh, can that's die true. on that happy note. Right. Literally so, true, though. No, right? it is literally true. Yeah. And so you're very in the moment and not thinking about anything else. And I think for me, with my sort of ADD brain, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, this will be TMI, but also depressed brain. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not ever in the moment very often. It's always a worry or a stress. I mean, I love to saw sawdust, which is something that Dale Carnegie wrote in his book, how to stop worrying and start living, mm-hmm. which I read. I mean, it was written in the twenties, right? Mm-hmm. And I read it as a teenager. So even then I knew, <laughs> I knew I had issues as a teenager. Yeah. I was reading self-help books by Dale Carnegie, but the one thing I can remember about that book is sawing sawdust. I've never that heard that. You phrase. worry over and over and over again about stuff that has been sawn. You know, you, you don't yeah. need to saw sawdust and it's just, it's just the nature of my personality. Mm-hmm. And what, what I've really realized that scuba diving has helped me with immensely is that I was, I've always had depression and I was just high functioning Yeah, and I didn't talk about it. I had that whole, you know, have it all. Well, I don't know if I, people looked at me and thought I had it all together, but you know, I didn't, I didn't talk about that. Well, I think you know? when you're young too, you know, it's hard because the words depression, anxiety, certainly suicide is so much more a part of our vernacular. And certainly mm-hmm. like the teenagers kind of coming up that sometimes it's hard to know, like what is sadness? What is disappointment? And what is like the very biological and clinical depression, anxiety that can lead to some of these things? And so it's really hard to, to know. I mean, as a teenager, how, how do you know? How do you know if your sadness feels like someone else's sadness? Do other people feel hopelessness? You know, like it's hard to know what you're dealing with exactly. That's right. It, it really mm-hmm. is. And, you know, and art helps with that because art's very therapeutic. And, I, you know, I always say that what I do is a privilege. It's a privilege to be in a room where art is born and where people, people have aha moments. And, and part of my whole shtick, and it's not a shtick, it, it's truly genuine, is that I really believe that anyone can do it if you want. It's all about desire. And, you know, diving is the same. It, art is 90% mental and 10% technique. Mm-hmm. And so is diving. It's, mm-hmm. it's a 90% mental and 10% technique. And then to add, to add diving in is your weightless. So I'm not a small person. I mean, I'm five foot 10 inches tall and chubby. And um, I, my house is more like a bouncy castle. <laughs> than, uh, than anything, or, you know, my, my body is a bouncy castle is what I mean. And so, you know, to, to be weightless, mm-hmm. to, to, to walk on the planet 
to mm. not walk on the planet and have gravity pull you down, to be, mm. to ha- take all that bulk and, and be weightless and be actually in the moment. It did really, really good things for my psyche. And, you know, art does really good things for my psyche. And to this day, I still pour a lot of how I'm feeling in my artwork. Um, I'll just give you an example. So um, one of my sons, uh, um, start his depression, he started to have severe, severe depression. And there's a, there's a lot, really long story there, but, um, I'll tell you one, we were stand, we were sitting in the therapist's office and they called me in and I thought, huh, I wonder why I felt a little bit like I was getting called into the principal's office. Right. I thought, this is really what weird. What have you done? This is really weird. And this yeah. is before I faced my own depression also. Mm. Okay. And we're sitting there and the, the therapist says to me, you need to stop telling your kid that, um, it's going to get better and that things will be okay. Mm. And I, and I said, What? It was like a record needle. Well, because what else? Scratching you say, off a record. It's know? like as a mother, you know, that's what you do. You mother, and you right. encourage, and and you, you know, you have this life experience as as you know. At the time, I was what forty five years old, and he's fifteen. You know, there's a huge, you know, and 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 having been a depressed person, I mm-hmm. I I know, I know that it, I know that it gets better. So the therapist essentially said, "You're not allowed to tell him it gets better." So I came home and just wrote it in my artwork. Mm. And I just wrote, hold on, hold on. In fact, there's even a set of rubber stamps that I drew that during that time. And in the hair of the women, it says, hold on, hold on, hold on. And, And it comes from, I don't have anywhere else to put it. So for me, art is where I get to put those feelings. Mm. Um, and then the diving is so Zen. So, you know, combined, it's like the most glorious thing because you're down there and you're looking at pretty colorful fishies and there's no greater art than what God created. And you see color combination. It's just, it's like being in a National Geographic documentary for heaven's Mm -hmm. sake. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that combined with the art, it, it helps. But listen, there are times when all the self-medicating with diving, art, shopping, whatever your personal poison is, it just doesn't cut it. It truly doesn't. And that for me came to a big head when I finally had to, you know, admit to myself, I need to get help. When was that, Dina? Um, I, I want to say it was maybe four years ago. Oh, three or three to four years ago. Yeah. And I'm 51 now. You knew you've known all along. Oh, I've known. If you go back and read my journal, I've kept a journal since I was nine. Mm -hmm. Every other page. It was about three things. (laughs) That one boy. No, uh, yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh. I liked boys who didn't like me back. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny, but I just. Somebody guess. else is being mean to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm depressed. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but, but, but those things managed it for a time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're, when you're somebody you love viscerally, like your kid is suffering, then it's just like your twin power activate. Like I, it just mm-hmm. kicked me off the cliff and I, and I couldn't get back. And my brain started doing really weird, weird things. And I, and I haven't said this to very many people, but I'll go ahead and tell all of your listeners. Um, so this is how I learned that depression is a liar. And that it's also really hard to fill a spirit when you're depressed. So if you, yeah. if you're a church going person and if you are a believer, um, and if you, if you pray, and if you are seeking to feel God's voice in your life, depression masks that. And I don't know why that is. Well, I think that's so important what you just said, because I think, um, you know, as a mother of teens, kind of when teens are finding that relationship and kind of getting to know God in a, in a real and personal way, 
a lot of the questions, you know, is, is he really there? Like, is someone really there? Or did I cause him, you know, I've been taught my whole life that if I do X, Y, and Z and turn to God, like he'll be there, but I'm doing that and he's not right. Like this could be what's happening because you're absolutely right. That is the thing with depression, anxiety, even undiagnosed ADHD or Mm -hmm. autism or some of these things is that it creates a biological condition where you cannot receive. It's a cloudy filter over over that for some reason that, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like when you need it the most, it's harder to feel. And I'm not saying I look back and say, I didn't, I didn't feel the spirit at all, but the depression tells you you're not, I mean, it, it, it tell, it lies to you and it tells you things that aren't true. I mean, so I would come home from church and I would, I would think, okay, I, I passed this person in the hallway, you know? And then I would think, well, they're probably talking about me. Mm-hmm. And they probably met up with so and so, and and they're probably right now talking about me. And then I would cry all day wow. about mm-hmm. something that my brain made up. Right, right. It was about a weird a narrative. Yes, and right. that, and it was at that point that I thought, okay, mm-hmm. you know, my brain is not not just icky, you know, feelings like oh, I'm feeling depressed, but just making up scenarios and then crying for you know, a whole day about, I've never cried so much in my life mm-hmm. as when I finally was like, okay, I have this, this is, this is not, I'm not going to swing out and I, and making art or going diving is not going to help this. Mm. And so I finally, I just went to my family doctor actually. And he said, I think you have mild depression. And I was like, what? I mean, I'd cried in his office and cried and cried. And he said, yeah, I, he said, I think your depression's mild. Well, then I thought, it just gave me empathy. It gave me empathy for people that have drug resistant depression and, mm. and things like that. But here, but here's what I've learned about depression since then. I feel like I've, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm an amazing doctor on Google. Mm. <laughs> if you would like anything, right. my Google skills are on point and I can yes. find out anything and I can diagnose you. If you oh. like, I was pre-med for one year in college and then I got uh-huh. an English degree. There so that relates. Right. Totally. Right? Totally. So okay. I'm happy to diagnose anything. A boil. Let me know. Yeah. I'll even come over and lance it. But, awesome. um, but what I've learned because I'm, I'm a researcher, I'm a, I'm, I, I'm a lifelong learner is how mm. I like to think of myself. I have to know. So mm-hmm. I've read a million books. Um, and I, I really think it's a four part, um, treatment and, and Amanda Taylor, who you guys both know, yes. you said this to Love me her. too, mm-hmm. and four parts to treating depression, which I think all of them play a key. And one part is nutrition. Now I don't think eating blueberries is going to take away your depression. It just won't. Right. But the bottom line is from, from a scientific standpoint. And remember, I have literally no qualifications to be saying this. Uh, let's not underwrite that. <laughs> no. Okay. One year. Well, just life no experience, okay. but yeah, um, I'm self-taught. I'm a right. self-taught, uh, psychologist. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, there are certain nutrients that a depressed brain is deficient. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, omega threes. Mm-hmm. And I remember with, with my kid, I printed out the list of nutrient rich foods that depressed brain, depressed brains need. Yes. And I said, circle what you'll eat. And I think he circled sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're all things that kids don't want to eat. Right. You know? sure. Shellfish. I don't know. I can't even remember. Yeah. But, um, so nutrition is one facet. Talk therapy is a facet. And I will tell you, I've never done talk therapy. I've paid for a lot of talk therapy for my kid. Um, I will tell you recently, I actually signed up for online talk therapy because I thought, I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not doing great. I, 
I really feel like this would be helpful. And then when, and then I backed out when I saw the cost, which is so hypocritical because I wouldn't have bat my night twice for my kid. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't, that the I truth? would not so have hiccuped mm-hmm. well, and I'll at say, all. I'll I would say, have prepaid for six months. Right. Absolutely. I'll say too, mm-hmm. I think talk therapy, you know, we're kind of really lucky to be living in this world with so many different modalities. You can go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a life coach or any number of things. And, and I say that with very, very firm boundaries of I'm not talking medically. I'm talking right. talk therapy talk specific. Therapy. But even if you get really good at kind of introspection and self-awareness, your friend can even be pretty, like a really good, challenging friend can do that. I know I have a friend in my life, in addition to Higgins, who challenges the crap out of me all the day long. I like challenging. And it's, and it's great. It really can, can help to kind of, to kind of fill that area in my life too. You know, and the life lesson there is actually say something, stop Mm -hmm. hiding it. I mean, I, I... I'm a suppressor is what I've realized. And so a suppressor of your feelings. Uh-huh. Okay. And so like I, when my depression really came out and like I went to the doctor, my husband was like, what? He had no clue. Oh, wow. Because I was operating. Hold on. Yeah. You were that high functioning mm-hmm. that even as a teenager, you knew you had depression. Mm-hmm. You identified with it. You mm-hmm. go through your adulthood, you meet, fall in love, get married. And the man you married mm-hmm. really does not identify you with depression. No. So then we're talking many years into marriage, mm-hmm. grown children. 31 or 30 years. Yeah. Four years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I need help. I'm and like, I'm not going, coping. Yeah. Whoa. Because, you know, I, I was having, I was having thoughts, um, of running away. Like I, I used to think, um, boy, women that leave your fam- leave their families. That's insane. Now I'm like, Oh, it doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I look at, you know, harming yourself or something. I thought, I wonder, maybe I'll try that. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. just, yeah, your brain starts your brain, to betray you a little it bit. It does. It really betrays you. And then combine that with not feeling the sphere very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that filter there, it, it just, gosh, it is such a hard hole to dig out of all, all by yourself, which is why, um, these four facets, any combination or maybe all four, I think are really key and, and talk therapy, whether it's with a friend Mm -hmm. or whether you go to a therapist and you have, you know, I I really do believe that. So then, then I started being more open about it Yeah. because I I would talk about it in class. I would cry in class and I would always tease in class, meaning art class. Yeah. Art class. So what's funny is, especially when I wasn't medicated, but I would teach art classes and I would maybe start talking about my son's depression. I would start crying and everybody would be crying. And then one lady would be like, what? Can you say that again? Because when I cry, yeah. my, I get the Muppet voice. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. my voice goes really high. And then, and then yeah. she, she couldn't understand me. So it was like, that was hilarious. And anyway, I still think about her. Way to ruin the moment. I still think about me crying there and her thinking, and her being like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm like, all right, so funny. note to self, snap right. on back. All right, so we've done two of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise, mm-hmm. which is something that I struggle with personally. Sure. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but but diving, you gotta find something you love. I know, right? And if you could, if you had an ocean in your backyard, right? I bet I, you'd be just fine. I, there you I, go. I could dive every day, all day. Yeah. I mean, I. And is there a oh, man? I literally just got chills thinking about the reality of that life. But man, yeah. whoa, that'd no, be I, amazing. I, I still tease my husband, and I'm like, well, you know, you work for an airline. He works for American Airlines for now until they implode, but I'm not, I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying the airlines right now are suffering just in that world that we are in right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. But I'm like, you know, I, I can 
live in Palau. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, exercise. Okay, read them back to me. So we've got nutrition, talk therapy, exercise, and and medication. Medication. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't know why medication is what everybody's so resistant to. And I'm not somebody who's like, yeah, take a prescription. It solves everybody's problem. Here, here's what I've learned about medication. When my young, my one of my sons is has severe ADHD and he was diagnosed as a kindergartner, oh, and I just didn't want to believe it. Number one and number two, um, I just didn't want to put him on medication. It felt like a failure to me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men think that's a failure. Like I have women tell me, "Oh, my husband says I can't do that." I'm like, "Well, first of all, my husband doesn't say anything like that because I I'm a grown person, right? Well, and that <laughs> and, might cause me to go I do the do, thing just I, to prove I the do point. What I want, yeah. uh, number one, I bought two cars without telling that poor man. So, I mean, <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> I'm the own boss of my own self. <laughs> I'm like, right. he knew when the guy came over to get the check and like, what was this man? I'm like, oh, I bought a car. I'm riding this man. Right. I'm riding this guy. This is the sales guy. Um, so, but, so people are resistant to it, but I remember talking to a friend who's a child, has a PhD in child psychology. And she was like, it's not a death sentence. If medication doesn't work, mm-hmm. you can change it or go off it. Right. It's not changing your DNA. Mm-hmm. It's fixing a chemical process that is not correct. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have Hashimoto's. I've had Hashimoto's since I was in my early 20s. It's just low thyroid, right? Tons of women have Hashimoto's disease. So I take thyroid medication every day mm-hmm. um, to fix that. And it, it, But it's a hard mental place to get yourself to that, like, my brain is broken mm. and that I need to accept the help it's given to me. And for me, medication made a big difference. I mean, it made a difference God. of not jumping off a cliff God. or right. not, not running away and leaving my family or mm. not making up things that, um, like the people hate me and then crying all day about imagined scenarios, right. you know, not, and just fun, you know, being able to function. Um, do you know what I think it is? Cause you know, I mean, Dina knows me obviously in real life. And so she knows about, about my son, um, with special needs. And I think the hardest part for myself, the first time I had to ask for, you know, medical help with anxiety and had to get on medication, um, after one of my pregnancies and, and even with Jameson in that process, it's hard because it's resistant and it's, it's hard to, um, to take on a label of like, I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. It feels very definitive and it's almost like you start to over identify in that label. And it's a hesitation of like, I don't want to sum up my mortal experience as being the one with anxiety mm-hmm. or having the kid with special needs. And we start to kind of over identify in these, like what we consider to be quote broken areas. Although honestly, I will tell you, and Jameson will tell you, his disability, like, is also his superpower. There are things about him that are so unique and different than any other person I've met because of the way that his brain works. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you're out there and you're having that moment of, like, I know I need help or I know my kid needs help or I know my marriage needs help, but I don't want to be the one in therapy, the one in counseling, the one on medication, just do it. Because it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't change who you are. You don't walk out of the office mm-hmm. different or when you take the medication, you're not different. Mm-hmm. You're still you. You're just giving you the best chance at happiness you have. Right. Well, it, along, it, go ahead. Well, and you know, my son who ended up on two medications now takes none. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and I, I don't know if I will ever not be on it, to be honest, because I have such a long history. His depression came on quite suddenly. Um, and you know, we could talk about why that happened. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I have guesses, but, but 
it doesn't matter. I, I guess when he went on medication and, and it, it's, you know, that among some other things saved his, literally saved his life. And then I went on medication. I thought, I'm so done not talking about this. So I've yeah. started talking about it a lot. I've talked about, I talk about it in class. I, that whole end the stigma thing, because, you know, you say, Becky, that, yeah, you, you, you don't want to be the one. Here's what I've realized. Everyone's broken. Exactly. So as soon as I'll start talking about it, I'll have five people come up to me after class and say, oh yeah, I take that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, this happened to my kid. Or why are we not talking about it more and making it socially acceptable, acceptable to say, yeah, totally. I feel like crud and I, I need help. I need help. And, and for me, that was mentally a hard, hard mm-hmm. place to get to. And I don't really know why I don't because I'm not afraid of failing. It just felt like, I don't even know if I can articulate what it felt like, yeah. but it felt, it did feel like a failure and it felt like, like a concession, it wasn't how maybe? I was supposed to be, mm. you know? And I think, you know, there's this, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you know, I listen, I grew up in, in, in our church. I'm also LDS. I grew up in our church and you know, you, they have this life pattern, you know, you grow mm-hmm. up and then you go through young women and then you get married or, you know, you go to college and then you get married and you have 59 kids and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you bake bread all day for grandbabies. And, and then my life didn't take that exact path. And I remember thinking, okay, our narrative about life paths is screwy. Number right. one. So don't get, that's a whole nother topic. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Um, I think we, we need, we need, ex- we, need yeah. ex- we need acceptance for different life narratives. Mm-hmm. Number one. Right. Um, but I, it fell off narrative to me, okay. I guess, is, is a way to say and it. And I'm glad that you are articulating your way through that and figuring out, because even you are admitting that you don't even know why you were afraid to talk about it. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to focus on for just a moment is how did it feel when you did open your mouth? So when you first, when you first realized that it was time to say something, not just to your doctor, but to other people, whether mm-hmm. that started privately with friend, close friends or family or whatever, or mm-hmm. if it was in an art class, I don't know what that looked like for you, but how did it feel when you started opening your mouth and saying, so here's what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. What did that feel like? It felt like relief, you know, it felt really like relief. And then the other th- wonderful benefit of that is you get allies. Mm-hmm. And so you either get allies that say me too, mm-hmm. or you get allies that are just sympathetic or empathetic, mm-hmm. um, which I, which, which helps, but you know, they, the more that I learn about it and the more that I talk to people, more people have it than we care to admit. And That's I don't right. know if it's our modern society or I, a lot of factors, all the preservatives right? in our food. I have right, no idea, right. but it, it, it is, it is. I think the magic of opening your mouth is, and, and I'm speaking from my personal experience and kind of ask you, Dina, if you kind of echo the same sentiment is I think before I started being really honest because I was honestly, I had a narrative that was like deep seated in my soul that like, Oh crap, I'm catastrophically flawed. And so I'm going to be overproductive and overachieving so that nobody ever can like get to the real me. And that hides it. That's a mask. Oh, hundred percent. And I'm the same. If I'm not, I can't lay in bed at night and watch TV because I feel like I'm not being productive. I have to be knitting and I'm the world's worst knitter. You live in fear that like people are going to see the real you and find it lacking. Right. Mm. But what ends up happening, and this is kind of like that gross hamster wheel of despair is you do have friends, you do have relationships, but at the core of my being, and this was in my younger life, I thought to myself, if they only knew 
they would never be my friend. If they only knew, they would never love me, right? So then in my mind, those great relationships had like this tinge of counterfeit to it, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't being fully honest or I wasn't letting people actually know me. And so the day you start to like actually, you know, give yourself the, I guess, permission to feel the discomfort of openness Holy crap, it sets you free. Oh, I think that's what Dina, right? Dina, that's mm-hmm. what you're saying. That's what I feel in your illustration of that is that you felt freedom. Mm-hmm. The relief was almost like a version of freedom. And yeah. then those relationships become so much more meaningful because right. you're like, no, you do know me. Right. I'm t- and you do love me. And yeah. you start to have relationships that you've been craving for so long. Well, mm-hmm. don't you get tired of pretending? Oh, it's exhausting. I, you know, I, I feel like... I've pretended I'm okay for so long and I just cannot pretend anymore. You just get tired, right? I just right? can't do it. I, and you know, I need, I need support. I, you know, it, it's hard. And for some reason that was a hard, I actually, I actually knew it for a while. It was hard to take the step to call the doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And I remember I have a friend in the UK and she and I were FaceTiming and I was crying and, and, and she's a big advocate for, mental health she has she has depression and rapid cycling bipolar disease among a few other things and she starts every class she teaches with you know i listen i'm mentally ill i'm going to talk about it and that helped me i mean her talking about it was like all right i've i've got to go get help because i can't continue like this yeah. i can't continue like this and that whole mental ill thing it's like depression is is pushed under that umbrella so what Right. You know, it, my brain was broken. It, it is broken. And I was, um, just a side note, we got to have lunch before this, so don't be jealous, but, um, oh, the three of us, yes. <laughs> three of us, we very were, delicious. we were, um, <laughs> having lunch and I talked about the, well, my doctor called it the depression gene. It actually has an, it's a genetic, a fairly common genetic mutation that just means that you're more prone to depression because your body doesn't metabolize vitamin B. And vitamin B is a building block to serotonin. And so there is a literal chemical reason why your brain doesn't have enough serotonin. Yeah. You know, and to realize that and think, oh, there, there's a reason behind this. And I, I'm not someone that has to have a reason behind literally everything. I mean, some things just are. But right. if it helps you to know, oh, I'm not doing this to myself or... Mm-hmm. I've done, I haven't done something wrong. I'm not a product has, of, yeah. it yeah, takes this it from a consequence. inside of you to, to something outside. Of, I mean, you would, mm-hmm. I would never look at someone with celiacs and be like, right. oh, oh, she's got celiacs. Yeah. What did she do? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and when you think about it that way, you do. Well, not you. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But we feel like people do that. But we do. We we feel like it's a broken brain. Mm -hmm. And instead of broken brain or even gene mutation, which by the way, there's like a a A billion. billion We all have them. it's really common. One in four people have this mutation. Right? And probably several others, if we're being Mm -hmm. honest, right? Mm -hmm. What if it's just really getting to know the way our brain works the same way? I go to a nutritionist and right now I'm super deficient in vitamin E. So you know what I'm doing? I'm taking a lot of vitamin E. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to need some vitamin B support right. to produce the serotonin you need to do, or you need serotonin support. Like you eat biolo- better. Guys, you, this is yeah. not, this is biology. Like right. this isn't mm-hmm. like personal failures. And, and by the way, if you don't have depression, it's not because you're a stellar human being better than other people. Right. By the way, right. like your body's just different, right? We're all just different. But I hear people talking bad about antidepressants a lot. Like I, I remember mm-hmm. being, 
I don't know, in college and hearing somebody make snide comments about how most of the women in Utah are, in, are on antidepressants. And, you know, and I thought, oh, wow, that must be terrible. Now I think about that and think, good. Yeah. Because the, you know what that means? It means they had the courage to go to the doctor and say, I am not doing well. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's, that's just, again, it's that whole mask, that whole hard thing to, mm-hmm. to actually be, accept as part of your own personal narrative. And, and what I love you talking about that is you say nutrition. Like there's a lot of other there's things. There's so many factors. Medicine is one piece of the puzzle. It's certainly not like feel no. bad, go to the doctor and forget everything. No, else. There's exactly. so many things to do and you will know when you're to that point right. where you're doing all the things and it just isn't working anymore. Right. I so mean, I, I think there are some hobbies that you could, you know, you could say mm-hmm. having a purpose mm-hmm. I think helps as a facet. I mean, I think my art, it, my art filled, my art was the drug. Mm-hmm. for most of my life and it was sufficient mm-hmm. and then it, it just eventually got to the point that it wasn't sufficient yeah it, you know and, and then scuba diving has has come in and has been honestly a, a, a lifesaver for me in many ways mentally and the relationships you make with people scuba divers are great people you know and it's just a privilege to be to see part of the world that most people will never see but just the mental benefits in fact they've done studies on diving <laughs> Really? Dr. Google. Yes. And it is really amazing for depression, anxiety, and PTSD to the point where the shop that I'm affiliated with, Phoenix Scuba, um, they have a 501C3, C3, I don't know how to say that. 501C3. There you go. uh, For veterans with PTSD. Yeah. So they're an official, they're an official charity. And so, and then they have some instructors on staff who are disability trained. So if you have someone in a wheelchair, it doesn't exempt them from diving. We have some of the vets come from the VA and just put on scuba gear and sit on the bottom of our 12 foot pool and blow bubbles because there's such a visceral physical Mm -hmm. power in breathing. I mean, here's, let me tell you the number one rule of scuba diving. Never hold your breath. Okay. So, Never hold your breath means that you are always breathing. In and out. In and Inhale, out. Inhale, exhale. Like and then, always... and everything in diving is slow. It's mm-hmm. not a race. Um, the only time you will see me light a fire under it is if there's a spotted eagle ray over there. <laughs> and I have my camera in my hand and I want to get close because I want to get a picture. And then, right. I can, then I can motor. But other than that, it's this slow, meditative, mm. you know, experience. And so for somebody with me, you know... Sawing sawdust, number one. Thinking mm. about what I got to do tomorrow, number two. You know, my mind, my mind's bouncing all over the place. Are you worrying about things in We're, the past? Worrying, yeah, we'll worry about that or worried. You know, I just oh my gosh, everything, you all know, the things. ADHD, crazy woman brain. I'm Gemini. Yeah. We'll blame it on that. Um, <laughs> it's like the squirrel mentality. Yeah, That's squirrel. What my husband squirrel. always says squirrel. 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 Well, and yeah. I actually created a sticker for Phoenix Scuba that says "Squirrel, the patron saint of Phoenix Scuba," because we're all a little bit that way there, right? <laughs> Um, that's a reason why yeah. people yes. the diving is the cent- is the centralizing focus mm-hmm. that I haven't been able to find mm-hmm. in, in any other way. And you don't have to go diving to find that. Um, but you need something that is a centering focus. Well, that's why I thought it was interesting earlier when you were saying art doesn't fix it. Diving doesn't fix it, but, and, and I think that that's the important thing is that they do help. Oh, they absolutely. You would not be so deeply involved with art or diving if you if there weren't some benefits mm-hmm. to your men- mental well being. Absolutely, and for a long time it was enough. Right, mm-hmm. right. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Right. And then it was like, okay, this it is not enough. So I want to ask you a question to make sure that I understand something, as um, because I want to understand better. 
I've been thinking so much about the power of my own thoughts in my life. And I'm not diagnosed depressed. Like I don't have that, that in my life to understand what this looks like, but I have found a a big power of changing my thoughts and really shifting the narrative that pops into my head. Cause we're all human. Mm-hmm. That happens no matter what can, what does that look like for you? Can you actually have control over your thoughts when they do start creeping in and start telling you some false negative narrative? Do you have the ability, um, at this point and on medication or not to be able to shift that and go, actually, here's what's good about the situation. And this is why I'm okay right now or not. I do now. Uh, and I think I did for most of my life until I wasn't okay. Right. Okay. And then the medication has helped bring that back without medication. I don't think I could. Okay. And that was, that was how I knew something was really off because before, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm really feeling low. I usually feel better in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. or, you know, I always say, people say, you teach or you can control how you feel. And I used to think, what? And I, and I, but I do believe that's true. I can't control how I initially feel. Mm-hmm. Totally. So my initial knee jerk is, oh, mm-hmm. oh no, hurt or whatever. And then I'm usually pretty good at, okay, let's look at this from their side or let's extend a little bit of grace mm-hmm. to this person. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can usually flip flip the script yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with, but that was one of the clues that I was not doing good, why the medication was mm-hmm. needed for me. And then I've, I've, my medication dose has upped three or three times maybe mm-hmm. because That's- I, because I, I've been, you know, realizing, Oh, this is, this is getting bad again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your you brain know? gets used to but it. It's not the first thing titration. I jumped to. Yeah, yeah. It's not the first thing I jumped to. And, and I don't, I'm not saying that medication needs to be the first thing that you've jumped to, but if you have done some research and tried some other things, mm-hmm. if you are, you know, eating well, because serotonin, they have also, Dr. Google told me <laughs> that a, a, lot of it's, a lot of it's made in the gut. He takes all insurance. You know? So heard. yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, the gut, the gut the, brain yeah, relationship. The, yeah, and I think it's it, called the vagal big. nerve and the, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, you know, start plugging in some of those factors and what, maybe one of those factors is enough, right? I mean, calling a friend or something like that, it might be enough and being honest and open and not, not hiding, not, yeah. you know, not hiding in your shame. Know, being, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you went there because that's what I wanted to ask you before we start rounding out is, is if we, if we can imagine that we have a listener and I'm confident we have many of them who are connecting with what you're saying for very personal reasons that they wish they didn't get to connect on, you know, with Mm -hmm. you, but that they either have undiagnosed depression or they've had depression and haven't yet seen a doctor about Mm -hmm. it or haven't yet opened up with their loved ones about it. Um, do you feel like that first step for that person who's not yet acknowledging and embracing what this is and how to move forward is it to look at these four things? Is Absolutely. it to talk to, what is that for you? What's your advice? Well, you know, I'm a self-help. I'm very independent and I'm not saying, yeah, I read self-help books because some of them I find really trite and ridiculous, but, mm-hmm. but I, if I can do it myself, I'll usually do it. Okay. It's just, that's just my personality. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think I tried medication last mm, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I, you know, everything else I was trying and it, like I said, for a while it worked. So I think you need to decide what you know, really, truly evaluate and think, okay, do I, have I been talking to a friend Mm -hmm. that's in place? Yeah. Um, do I eat McDonald's every day or should I, you know, print out that list of nutrients that my brain is needing? And listen, I'm Mm -hmm. sitting here as a chubby person, so I'm not saying I'm the picture of health, but you know, 
look, look at that. Take a look. There's science behind that. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't argue with that. And, and by the way, being chubby has nothing to do with what's putting, what, I mean, I'm no. just saying it can, it can have it something can. to do with what's going in your mouth, but it doesn't always. And we it, all well, know that. Exactly. And it's not, it's, you mean it's not the lucky charms I eat at midnight? I'm just curious. <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway. Uh, also, there's the Hashimoto's. Hello. I <laughs> right. mean, like. And which I'm also saying, plays into depression. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a complicated it's complicated, just like everything in life. Everything else. But, mm-hmm. you know, listen, it's a mountain that you can click off one little facet at a time. So mm-hmm. try those four. Well, I think we added five, right? Yeah. Did we add one well, more? Well, we added having a purpose. purpose yes. I think mm-hmm. having a purpose, whether it's a hobby, and don't have the purpose be your family. Mm-hmm. It needs to be... Uh, Untether yourself from yes. the roles and let it be about you. Yes. Absolutely. Well, and, and tell us why, from your perspective, why why do you say that? Because we, we feel you. We yeah. agree, well, the family but- leaves. <laughs> Family right. needs. I mean, okay. the kids grow up and go away. Okay. And they're adults and they're going to make their own decisions. And said from a woman who is, who is literally an empty nester. So she's right. telling well, you. Well, two of them are experience. living at home right now. And oh, okay. Yeah. But they've so, all, but they've so all left. Later, can you guys help me find a body or, <laughs> or, hide, or hide the body? Right. Uh, no. Uh, adult children living at home is, 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 that's a whole nother topic. But yeah. Um, but yeah, they I mean, have, they, they but leave. they have grown up, they, right? They, they, they grow. Did, yeah. They're yeah. adults. They grow up and they leave and your relationship with them is different. And, you know, you shouldn't get your value from anything else except internally mm-hmm. and, and from mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't come from any other source. And so that's why I think having some little thing that you're con- you can turn to, whether it's a gratitude journal, mm-hmm. whether it's maybe you collect stickers. I, right. I don't know. Um, wh- whatever it is, something that's going to, you know, bring a little bit of... A little bit of joy. Joy. But... but None of that will solve it if the brain chemistry is off. Mm-hmm. I wanted to won't. highlight one Such thing that you point. said before we end, which I thought actually, because when we talk about this, you know, again, none of us are medical doctors and we certainly don't want to be doling out medical advice. Correct. However, I think it is helpful to learn from people or to take experiences of people who have um, had diagnosis or medication be a part of their life. And I think you actually said something really profound, which was, you knew it was time to get help when you couldn't talk your brain off the ledge anymore. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to highlight too, and I talk about this a lot with my clients is the goal is never to eradicate negative thought because you know what? It's never going to happen. Like that is not going to happen. The goal is, is that you have all these tools, right? So that when that thought comes, you know what to do with it. And then over time, what might've taken you two weeks to get over takes you one week then takes you three days, then takes you two hours. And then those tools become so much a part of how you function and and this whole self-awareness piece that you can kind of move through life. What I love what you said is you knew there was a problem because those tools that you had and honed were no longer working. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best advice I've ever heard of when you know it might be time for medication is when you've done all the work, when you've used all your very best knowledge and searching and application and it just isn't working anymore, right? Mm-hmm. That would be a really good time mm-hmm. to seek out some medical help. And absolutely. also, it doesn't have to be the last resort. No, no, it absolutely so it doesn't. doesn't. But my point is, what you're saying is, is you, don't wanna, have to be a you don't want to. You don't want to feel like I'm having these thoughts, and yeah. so I'm going to go straight to medication because, again, that can also be a slippery slope of yeah. like your brain adjusts and There's then you pros need more. And cons. There yeah. is mm-hmm. so much you can do including medicine and a whole bunch of other things, it has to be a comprehensive approach. Yeah. I mean, in, in, for my kids and myself, that has been the very best thing is nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like you can't negate that. You Mm-mm. can't solve that problem with medication. And so you have to like use it in conjunction with 
right? Like it's not an either or, it's an all together. And if you don't believe it, but you haven't tried it, like we always like to say, try it. Why don't you experiment with shifting your nutrition mm-hmm. and see if that feels different to you? Totally. And why don't, and, and the same thing with exercise, with, um, with talk yeah. therapy, with yeah. like, try, try this, it, diff- just try it. None of it's a death sentence. Right. And I wrote, my friend said that to me about my kid all those years ago when he was a kindergartner, mm-hmm. I thought, none of this is a death sentence. You are mm-hmm. exactly right. Right. You know, so really we, pr- we are pronouncing sentences on ourselves yeah. and those mm-hmm. sentences we pronounce are mental stigmas mm-hmm. yeah you know and and they're not helpful shame. no right. and they're not, not productive That's for right. anyone and you know what i would never pronounce it on anybody else never so why on earth am i doing it to myself you that's know? the question that we may never be able uh, to solve right i know but i mean i gosh we extend grace to everybody except our own personal selves like yeah well yeah. dina what is your um of everything that you've shared and there's so much goodness in this i know that there, there will be people listening back and back for those who are suffering or struggling at this time personally or with someone that they love, what is um, a message of hope that you can share with them? Hold on. It gets better. Just exactly what I couldn't, um, yeah, couldn't say to my kid. But I, I, I would have to say it to myself you know, when I was really suffering. It, 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 there is a light. I think there's a, an, art, an illustrator on Instagram. Is it Emily McDowell? I can't remember. Just know she has some curse words. So if you're if you're very sensitive <laughs> to that sort of thing, <laughs> don't be like, you know, Ankley told me to look at this F word. Um, but I, I think she did a, a, a poster once that I saved because it was um, the depression is a hallway, not mm. not a dead end. Mm-hmm. And so the hallway it's a cave instead of yeah, a tunnel it, rather than a cave. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's this dark hallway. And then at the end, there is light, you know, and I so reassuring. Yeah. yeah. And then it. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, we haven't talked much about the spiritual aspect of it, but, you know, don't stop that either. Mm-hmm. Why because, is that important? Well, you know what? I remember too thinking I am, I've been abandoned and forsaken. I am not, I'm not aware. Nobody, he, the Lord is not aware of me and my prayers are not being answered. And this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that in a prayer mm-hmm. and the Lord very gently laid out literally everything that he had put on my path that was helping me. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh snap. Wait <laughs> it, actually, it actually was there the whole time, mm-hmm. but my depression wouldn't let me see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, down to who was in certain callings and who sat on my couch as a visiting teacher or, you know, ministering mm-hmm. sister at the time, you know, all of those little things. I just, I, I couldn't recognize them. Yeah. You know, until I literally said, all right, you, you are, you are not putting up your, you're, you know, pulling up your side of the bargain. And we then the Lord was like, let me just show you, dear. <laughs> well, and I you will, know. I will add to that if I may, that lucky for you, you did receive that, that clarity that he's been there all along and that he has been helping you, but not everybody's going to no, feel that. You won't. And, and that's okay. It's easier said than done, but I, I have a, I have very strong faith in knowing that God is there with each of us, whether or not we see it, whether Mm -hmm. or not we feel it. And that is, that's hard for some people. I know that some people are probably going to want to like shake me right now, but I, you Mm -hmm. can, you can try. I'm not, I am not shaken in my faith of that because he is always there. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and we have think of depression as that filter blocking it. There, there's probably other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So absolutely. You got, eventually you'll get through the filters and you'll feel it again. Yeah. Where can people 
stay connected with you now that they just are going to be obsessed with you. <laughs> now that they're going to want to see your art cool. and feel your heart. Come scuba dive you? with you. I yeah. know. Well, Becky's planning on it. No, yes. in lunch, I was like, uh, everything you're talking about literally is my the joy of my life. I can so see this being I am going to be get, Oh, I'm... No, it's happening. All it's right. like booked. I think she just picked up her phone and it's booked. I literally, kid you not, Make wrote it in my notes. I'm like, Phoenix Scuba. No, anyway, yeah. so on yeah, Instagram. Come, I would love to teach you to dive, but it's just my name on Instagram, Dina Wakely. Okay. And then uh, Facebook is Art of Dina Wakely. Perfect. So, and just just be aware that I'm I'm 51, but I'm really immature. <laughs> I love, I love everything about Dina I'm Wakely. super immature. Mm-hmm. I love your filters. I love your silliness. Yeah. I also, have we all. mentioned, okay, in case you guys haven't made the connection yet, the notebook. Oh, yeah. The oh Dina gosh, Wakely we, notebook. Well, you know what? The notebook, <laughs> which I probably would have mentioned in the intro part that we didn't record at the time of doing Maybe this. Maybe we'll do it twice. But Yeah, we're doing it twice. <laughs> but right. yes, Dina Wakely, you will recognize her name if you're familiar with our notebooks, which 95% of you are. And if you're not, yeah. what yeah, are you waiting is, for? I mean, and it's, that was a fun story. That, mm-hmm. was, that fun. was a really fun story. Let's we'll tell that in the intro. Yeah, we will. So okay. you guys will have already heard it. I didn't ruin the whole thing. <laughs> well, thanks for telling people where to find you because I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to want to connect with you. You guys definitely check out Dina on Instagram or Facebook or both or all the places. If you're local in the Phoenix area, how do they how do they dive with you? How do they learn from you? You know what? Send me an email. We'll set up a time. I mean, we're we're super flexible at Phoenix Scuba. Okay. So if you're even if you're not local and you're willing to come in, come and I'll get in the pool with you. That's and awesome. We'll you, now what's cool with COVID is they've moved all of the classroom stuff online digital. So you do Amazing. your digital work mm-hmm. from your phone. Yep. You come in and take the final exam. We get you in the pool and then we can take you to the lake if you really would like to be. Um, a masochist, or you can go <laughs> on a warm trip somewhere sunny and clear. And, and, uh, and I can tell you, and finish in I pretty can tell blue water. you where I'm signing up for, and it sure as heck is not going to be Lake Pleasant. <laughs> like I call it Lake Unpleasant. Uh-huh. It's going to be a really you know what wonderful I saw last place. time I was there. What a stick. Oh, <laughs> you did? I thought you were going to say a dead body or something. Uh, and no, I, was I wish. That would be so much more exciting. Oh, yeah. Poor local lake. It's getting a bad rap right now. But I really... love it. I just imagine it as a swimming pool, and I need to know nothing except that. I that know. feels there's, great there's for me. There's nothing under there. No, nothing. If, you see, if you see a fish, it is a good day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you mentioned to people that they could email you. Do you have an actual email address for My that? name, Dina at DinaWakely.com. And let me just say that my name is spelled L-E-Y. looks like Wackley. Tim Holtz calls me Dinah Wackley because <laughs> that's, that's awesome. how you'll remember how to spell it. Dina Wakely. Awesome. But and a Dinah. lot of our listeners will know Tim yeah, by he's name. He's a good, good yep. friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Dina, for spending the time with us to share so openly, so vulnerably, and in a way that I know so many people will connect with. We sure appreciate you. And friends, we thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. I'm from Buffalo and I actually really have a 
insane fondness for chicken wings. I didn't know that. I've had them in Buffalo and they were different there and so much better. I know. Imagine my surprise when I moved out and I was like, what is this nastiness they're passing off? They're amazing in Buffalo. Okay, well, I'm going to invite you over because I make a mean chicken wing. Wait. Are you saying that buffalo wings were created in Buffalo? Yes. At Anchor Bar? I didn't actually know Do you know, know when I was in Utah, the day before my wedding, so I was at Wingers, and they're like, well, if you can answer a question, we're going to give you a free whatever. Where were chicken wings invented? And I was like, duh, Anchor Bar, Buffalo, New York. And they were like, <laughs> okay, here's your... Like, I'll have the primary. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the meal for free. Thank you. <laughs> And there's a way to do it and nobody knows, but I know because why I worked in a place that made the wings. 